Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We want to read the first seven verses of that that particular chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Reading from verse number 1. The Bible says, Now this is the commandments, and these are the statutes and the judgment which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your sons and your grandsons, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your father has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I want you to fast forward in that same chapter to verse number 20. Verse number 20 of that same chapter. The Bible tells us there. It said, when your sons ask you in time to come, Saying, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statue and the judgment, which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, you, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Now, when we, we, now we, what we have here is a clear instruction from God to his people as to how to preserve the knowledge of God among the nation. The first thing the Lord instructed the people, he said, obey my command. Make sure you keep my commandments. That's what he told them. You are about to enter into a new land. You are about to possess a new country. He said, make sure you remember my word and you obey them. Number two instruction. He said, apart from you obeying it, make sure you teach it to to your children. It is not enough for you to know it. But it is important that you teach it to your children. So that they will know exactly what you know. And that the Bible says that when your children eventually will ask you, why are you doing X, Y, and Z? He said you will have a reason for reason. You have a reason to be able to tell them why you are doing what you are doing. So the Lord gave them two instructions. Obey my instructions. Teach your children to do it. And the Bible says that as the people were following this instruction, the Lord promised them a good life. The Lord promised them that if you follow these two instructions, I will give you a good life. He said, it shall be well with you. If you follow this instruction, you will have the promise of abundance. You, 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 you will not just have a good life. He said that you, may, you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God has promised you. He said, if they follow these two instructions, he said the land that he was about to give to them was going to be flowing with milk and honey. Those were the promise of the Almighty God. Just obey me and teach your children to do the same thing. 
and all those blessings will be yours. That's what the Lord Almighty told them. In other words, as long as Israel obeyed the word of God, as long as they followed their, with the word of God, as long as they teach their children to obey the word of God, everything was good to go well with them. And for a while, Israel was complying with this simple command. Israel was following this simple instruction. But you will get, by the time you get to the book of Judges chapter 2, this to me is the most, is the saddest commentary in scripture. Judges chapter 2, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us that, so the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. In other words, as soon from, from the time of Moses, when the Lord gave that instruction, the people of God began to follow that instruction. They obeyed God, they taught their children. They obeyed God, they taught their children. And they were doing this. And the Bible says that, so the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. In other words, they obeyed God as long as, Israel, as long as Joshua and all the elders were alive. They were doing what they were supposed to do. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him in the borders of the Sinceritans, in Timnath-er, in the mountain of Ephraim, on the north side of Mangash. Now look at verse number 10. Very, very terrible comments to be made about anybody, about any family, about any church, about any nation. Verse number 10. The Bible says, when all the generation had been gathered to their father, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. In other words, their children came up after Joshua and all the elders were dead. Their children came up and they had no idea who God was. They had no idea who God was, who the God that they were serving. They had no clue what God has done for them. The kind of miracles that God has done in their life. They had no clue what God had done for them. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baal. When we refuse to teach our children, the word of God that is inherent, that is dwelling inside our hearts. When we refuse to live the life of God and transfer that knowledge to our children, this is what is going to happen. The Bible says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and they served and they served bear because they did not know the gods of their fathers. From this verse of the scripture you will see that a time came in the life of the children of Israel that they forgot the Lord. They forgot the Lord completely. How can you forget a God that opened the Red Sea? How can you forget a God that rained down manna for you for 40 years? How can you forget a God that did not that, that made sure that the clothes you were wearing never faded? You can have problem with the style. I mean, 40 year old style. That's a different issue. But at least the clothes were not worn. You didn't have to change your shoes. May you may not like the style, but at least they were good shoes, you know. But they forgot. How can you forget such a God? But they forgot. Bible makes us understand that a time came that Israel forgot. When you forget God, definitely you are going to forget the instruction. Because you don't even know him. How can you know his instruction? Number three, they did not even keep the instruction to obey him. A God that you don't know, a God that you don't remember, how can you for remember to obey him? And then finally, they forgot to instruct their children. And because they forgot to instruct their children, their children began to put their hands into things that we not have any business putting their hands into. As a result of this negligence, Israel had to go through a very disastrous situation in their life. So you see, from the time of Exodus, 
under the leadership of Moses, all throughout the wilderness, from the time of Joshua up unto the conquering of the promised land, the children of Israel has done a good job of transferring the knowledge of God even to the next generation. They were so good at telling their children, this is the way you are supposed to follow the Lord. This is the way you are supposed to walk with the Almighty God. They were so good. They were always successful. They have always made sure to teach their children the history for, so that each generation will understand what the Lord Almighty is saying. However, a time came that one generation decided to not to do what God has asked them to do. One particular parents refused to read the Bible to his son. One particular father refused to pray with his son. One particular church decided to preach about money and forget about the, the life of righteousness. One particular community decided to say that God was outdated. One particular nation decided to say that God was an unnecessary hindrance unto them. And before you know what's happening, a new generation came that had no idea who God was. And for some unknown reason, the knowledge of God was not communicated to the next generation. And the result is another generation came after them who did not know the Lord. In our days and in our time, this is repeating itself right before our eyes right now. There are many people who are in the church right now. They all come to church. They are all, you know, they are, the services are full with people. They are, today they, they, they speak like Christian. But the unfortunate thing is that many of them do not know the Almighty God. This There is a generation that is here right before our eyes right now who do not believe the things that their fathers believe. They do not believe in the God of their mothers. They do not believe that the Bible is the word of God. There is a generation that we have right now that do not believe in the bodily resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a generation right now that do not believe in the total depravity of man or the need for salvation. There are those right now within the church preaching in the church, occupying the pulpit, who do not believe that unrepentant sinners will have an eternal damnation. There are people who do not believe in the fundamentals of our faith right now. And they are occupying the church. They are occupying the pulpits. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the works which he has done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the South Bell. The question is, how did it happen? How did it happen? The people who have seen God, the people who have walked with God, the people who have seen the miracles, for some reason, they failed to tell their children that this is what the Lord has done for us. How did it happen? For you to understand how it happened, let me take you back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 18. If you start reading from verse number 17, the Bible tells us, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him. That's God now speaking and giving testimonies about Abraham. He said, For I know him. In order that he might command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord. To do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken. You will notice in that verse of the scripture, it will take a while to unpack, but let me just give you a quick overview. You will notice that in this verse of the scripture, the revelation of God to Abraham was contingent upon one condition. And that condition is that Abraham was going to pass the revelation of God to his children. That was why the Lord Almighty was going to bless him. 
The blessings of God upon the life of Abraham was only going to happen because Abraham was going to continue to pass that particular revelation and that blessing to his children. There was going to be a transference of revelation. In other words, the God of Abraham was not going to be automatically the God, automatically the God of Isaac. I did, for, for, for God to become the God of Isaac and for Isaac to have the hope of receiving the blessings of Abraham, Isaac has to embrace God. You understand the idea? It was not automatic. Similarly, the God of Abraham and Isaac, for, for Jacob to enjoy the blessings of the God of Abraham and Isaac, he has to receive the God of Abraham and Isaac personally. So you will see, the revelation of God was progressive all through the year. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 26, reading from verse number 24, the Bible makes us to understand that in that particular time, God was called the God of Abraham. God was not always called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But there was a progressive revelation, a progressive increase in the knowledge of God. And the first one in Genesis 26-24 was that God was known as God of Abraham. By the time you get to the book of Genesis 28-13, God was no longer called the God of Abraham. God was called the God of Abraham and Isaac. Why? Because Isaac has now embraced that same God. The God of Abraham was not automatically the God of Isaac. Isaac has to come to a relationship with that God for him to become the God of Isaac. By the time you get to the book of Exodus chapter 3, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us that God no longer became the God of Abraham and Isaac. God became the God of Abraham, the book of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Why? Because Jacob had to embrace the God himself. You understand what I'm trying to say? These things are not automatic. The fact that you are serving God today and you are enjoying the blessings of God today, your kids will benefit from it because of you. But the day you pass off the stage, as soon as you get off the stage, you are no longer there to pray for them. You are no longer there to intercede for them. They will now have to serve that God or they will stop enjoying that blessing. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And that is why by the time you get to the book of Exodus chapter 5, Exodus chapter 5, reading from verse number 1. God now became known as the God of Israel. No longer the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He now became known as the God of Israel. Because the nation of Israel has to accept that this is our God. Okay? This tells us that each generation has to encounter God for themselves. Each individual has to encounter God for himself. You can see the blessings of God in the life of your father. You may see the blessings of God in the life of your mother. But that does not automatically qualify you to enjoy that blessing. For you to enjoy it, you yourself must grab hold of that blessing. If the Lord is blessing me, it's not automatically that my wife will benefit from it. My God is not automatically my wife's God. It's not automatically my daughter's God. For my God to become their God, they too will have to come to a relationship with that God. That's what the Bible is teaching us here. The revelation of God must grow in each revelation, in each generation. Now, this, this progressive revelation of God is seen in the scripture brings two fundamental questions. If Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had to experience God in, uh, experience God individually, it brings up two questions. Question number one: How did Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob succeed in building this enduring legacy? of faith. How did they do it? 
How were they able to transfer the God, they transfer the knowledge of God? How was Abraham able to transfer the knowledge of God to Isaac? How was Isaac able to transfer it to Jacob? How was Jacob able to transfer it to his own sons that they become the nation of Israel? How were they able to build an enduring legacy of faith in God? And the second question is that, why is it that the generation that we spoke about in the book of Judges chapter 10, why was it very difficult for them to pass it along? Why was it easy for one to build it? And the other one was not able to. Why is that one is able to tell others about the faith and the other one was not able to tell about your faith? The answer can be summed up in one word. Generational responsibility. Generational responsibility. My brothers and sisters, you have a responsibility to your children. To let them know what you believe. To let them know how to walk with God. You have a responsibility to the people that are under your care to be able to teach them the ways of the Lord. The Bible says that how can I hide anything from Abraham? Seeing that he was going to be a great nation and that he was going to order his family to know the way of the Lord. The Lord God Almighty knew that Abraham was going to teach his children. Abraham understood generational responsibility. The patriarch, the patriarch who passed on the knowledge of God understood the responsibility that is placed upon their shoulder to prepare the coming generation. They understood that the Bible tells us that, that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. They understood that. The patriarch understood that for their children to continue to enjoy the presence and the blessings of God, those children must have an encounter with God. A personal encounter. It must be something that they themselves come in contact with. Your father is a genius in mathematics, doesn't make you a genius in mathematics. I hope you know that. You have to study it yourself. You may have the genes. You may have the disposition to be good, to be, to, to be good in, in numbers, but that doesn't make you a genius automatically. You have to discipline yourself. You have to encounter the subject itself. And that is what the Bible is telling us. The grace of God is not automatically extended to you just because your father is a Christian, just because your father is a pastor. No! You have to come in contact with that particular faith. You have to surrender yourself to the Almighty God. For the children to continue to enjoy the presence and the blessings of God, their parents that if their parents enjoy, there must be an exchange of the baton of faith from one generation to the other. They have to come in contact with God. They understood that if one generation do not teach how they, teach the next generation how to become Christians, what happened in Judges chapter two will happen in the life of that individual. The question then is how did the patriarchs succeed in building this enduring legacy? How did they do it? How were they able to pass the knowledge of God from one generation to the other? Number one, they, fought, they were able to pass that knowledge across because number one, they knew their God. They knew who the God that they were serving. And because they knew the God that they were serving, it was easy for them to be able to tell the other, to tell their children who this God is. They knew God through experience. They knew God through encounter. They knew God through the word of God. They knew God through obedience. They knew God through endurance. They knew God through life challenges. And because they knew the Lord, they were able to tell their children, this is what it is. This is the God that we're serving. But you cannot tell your children about God when you yourself have no encounter with God. You cannot tell your children where about God when you have no experience with God. You cannot tell your children about the faithfulness of God when you don't even know how to endure to be able to enjoy His faithfulness. So number one, 
The patriarchs were able to communicate their faith to their children because they knew their God. Number two, the patriarchs succeeded in passing down the knowledge of God from one to the other because they knew why they believed God. They knew why they believed God. Can you imagine? You're walking down a downtown Nashville and you get to that particular Cumberland River and then there's a lot of prayers coming. And all of a sudden you say, God help me. And God says, stretch forth your hand. And River Cumberland will part, will part into two. And you did that. And the Cumberland River part into two. Are you ever going to forget that? Never. Never. Even if nobody asks you, you are going to tell them. You know what happened when I was in Nashville? I lifted up my hand and God said, let there be there. Let the Kumalan River part and it parted. You will tell people. You will schedule appointment. CNN will know about it. Facebook will know about it. You will create a Facebook. You will create a, a what do you call it? A, a, a reality show about how to part the Cumberland River. The reason is because you know why you now believe in that almighty God. Because if the Lord said, lift up your hands and that river parted, and then you did it and it parted, if the Lord said, jump up ten times, even when people are laughing, you will jump. Why? Because you know that that God has done something for you. That is how these people were able to communicate with their, communicate the faith to their children. They knew why they believed. They knew who he was. They knew his faithfulness. They knew his love and mercy. They knew he was like no other God. That was why they were able to believe him. Because they know he's a faithful God. They know he will tell you that the Egyptians you see today, you will not see them anymore. They knew he was a faithful God, that you will not see it again. They knew he was a faithful God. That was how they were able to communicate it. It's just like when your children is when your child is uh, is fretting, and you tell that child, my friend, relax. God will provide. And before you know what's happening, God provided. God has provided for you. If God has provided for, provided for you in, in very difficult situation, and you are telling, you will be able to tell that child, don't worry. No matter how difficult it is, God will come. Because you have experienced it. And you know why you are serving that God. Because he's a faithful God. Number three, how did the patriarchs succeed in passing down the knowledge of the God, the knowledge of God from one generation to another. They, they, they did that. They were able to succeed in doing it because they knew how to walk with God. There is a difference between knowing God. There's a difference between knowing why you are serving God. There is also a difference in knowing how to walk with God. And that is one thing that many people do not understand. These characters, these people knew the character of God. Okay? They knew the character of God and they related to God based on that character. What am I trying to say? I'm saying that the patriarchs, they knew that God was holy. So they walked with him in holiness. They knew God was faithful and they walked with him in faithfulness. They knew God was a righteous judge, so they walked with him in righteousness. They knew the character of God, and they walked with him on that basis. If you have a friend, you know that this friend does not like backbiting. You know this particular friend does not like people gossiping. If you want to maintain your friendship with that person, what do you do? You don't backbite. You don't gossip. You don't tell tales around him. But as long as you know that your friend does not like by biting, does not like gossiping, if you continue to do it, what happens to that relationship? You are out. Because that person will cut you off. Because he doesn't like it. The same thing with the Almighty God. How you walk with God is a function of you knowing his character. And these guys knew the character of the Almighty God. They knew he was holy. So they could not live a life of purity, a life of filthiness. They knew he cannot behold sin. So they stay away from sin. 
They knew he's a God that loves to be praised. So they praised him. They knew God's character and they walked with him on his character. That was how they were able to communicate with God. Number four, how were they able to communicate this word? Communicate the knowledge of God. They were able to communicate the knowledge of God because they knew how to live their faith. They knew how to live their faith. Because they lived their faith, because they knew how to live their faith, their relationship with God was defined based on how they, based on what they did. Their children saw they walked in faith. They saw their consistent living. They saw their consistent, you no, know, their consistent devotion. Their children saw how they fell in love with God, and they knew it. Can you imagine if you see a man that loves his wife? You can tell when you look at the children that this man, that this couple, love each other. Because the children will relate, they will respond based on the relationship that is going on between the two of them. But if they see the man always, you know, turning the woman into a punching bag, what do you find? The boys will become very angry. The women, the girls will become very, they become repressed because they are reflecting the things that they see in the house. You cannot be beating your wife and tell your son, hey, you need to respect women. You say, what's wrong with this guy? You understand the idea? The same thing when you are talking about God. You cannot say God is important. When it is time for prayer, you are not praying. You are doing something else. And you are telling your kid that it is important for us to pray. The guy will look at you and say, what's wrong with this person? And that is why the most difficult people you preach to are the members of your own household. Why? Because they know you. When nobody is there. They know you when you are behaving anyhow. And that is why one of the best compliments a preacher can receive is when their sons and their daughters sit down in church and listen to them preach. And really listen to them. Because they know daddy when daddy is misbehaving. They know the conversation that takes place when you are coming back from church. You know, see that sister? That's what they normally do. They know all the gossip that you gossip when you are going home. So when you come back and you start preaching as if you are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread. So look at this here, yeah, man. Yeah. This is all that you are saying when you are going home and then you come to church and appear as if you are a holy man. They know you. And if because they know you, if you are a honest broker of the truth, if you are following God the way you are supposed to follow God, it is easy for them to follow. But if you are not following God the way you are supposed to follow, you can preach until your face turns blue. You can preach until everything in the Bible is upside down. It will not change their soul because they can see the inconsistencies. They can see that you are telling them one story here and you are doing something else here. They can see it. So how did the how did the pray the patriarch? How did the fathers? How were they able to convince their children to believe in the same God? They were able to do so because they lived their faith in the presence of their children. When they talked about prayer, they prayed. When they talked about studying the word of God, they studied the word of God. When they talked about forgiving their enemies, they forgave their enemies. They saw the children. Their children fell in love with the gods of their father, not because they were told to do so, but because they saw the love affair on display in the eyes of their fathers, of their children, of their, of their parents. That was how they built that enduring legacy. That, that is how you are going to be able to build the same enduring legacy. The question then is that why did they persevere? Why did they go through the pain of building that enduring legacy? Why is it important that you must teach your children to have this encounter with your mighty God so that they too can have a, a relationship with your mighty God? Why is it very important? Number one, it is important because uh, the fathers knew that only those uh, that, that, that faith is built through personal encounter. Just like I told you about the dividing of the Cumberland River. 
when you have that particular encounter, nobody will tell you about faith because you already know it. It's a personal encounter. Number two, they persevered because they understood that personal revelation is the one that secures the blessings of God. When the Lord tells you specifically, this is what I want you to do, it is different from what a pastor tells you. It is different from what your mother tells you or your father tells you. When the Lord tells you, it's a different thing. And that's why the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Number three, how they, why did they persevere? They persevered because they knew that personal experience always endures. You never forget your personal experience with God. You never forget your personal experience. And number four, they they were, they were able to endure to making sure their children have that encounter because they know that God responds to personal commitments. And that was what David was telling Solomon in First Chronicles chapter 28. The Bible tells us that David was counseling Solomon. He was telling Solomon, he said, Oh thou Solomon my son, Know the God of your father and serve him with loyal hearts and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all out and understands all the intent of the thought. But I want you to look at the next verse. The next sentence there. He said, if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. The Lord God Almighty, the parents, the patriarchs understood that when you are willing, that when you respond, that God will respond to your own personal commitments. When you say, Lord, here I am, God will always respond to it. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.